listening to the Discover Arkansas podcast. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Discover Arkansas podcast. I'm Colton Fall, the public information tech with Arkansas Tourism. And I'm Melissa Conley, digital content coordinator for Arkansas Tourism. Discover Arkansas is a monthly electronic publication by Arkansas Tourism. This podcast is a companion piece where each month we will take a deeper dive into the topic covered online and bring in locals and industry professionals to share their personal experiences traveling the natural state. Joining us this month is Arkansas Tourism Director Travis Knapper, who is celebrating his first year on the job. But before we get to that, we wanted to let you know that the March edition of Discover Arkansas can be viewed online at arkansas.com discover Arkansas. Published by Arkansas Tourism, this monthly digital publication highlights events, activities, and trip ideas in the natural state. You can also view previous editions of Discover Arkansas, order print publications to help plan your next vacation, and sign up for monthly emails that feature deals and coupons for attractions across the natural state. For more information, visit Arkansas.com. And now that that's out of the way, let's welcome Travis Knapper to the podcast. How's it going, Travis? It's going great, Melissa. Colton, I'm glad to be here today. We're definitely excited to have you on today. Very first episode, very first guest, no pressure at all. (laughs) Um, So you started as tourism director at a really unique time for the industry. Travel was restricted and a lot of hospitality businesses were closed. Can you tell me a little bit about your first day on the job? Yes, almost a year. It was April 1st, 2020, the year so many had looked forward to. (laughs) And... As everyone knows, April 1st is April Fool's Day, and at the time, I was starting a new job as the state tourism director here at Arkansas while living in a different state back in Louisiana before I'd relocated here to Little Rock. So it kind of felt like the joke was on me. What was going on? I was working from the home office before we moved. The staff here back in Little Rock was all working remote. It was quite a... A unique, we're talking about unique experiences today. It, yeah. I started <laughs> off in a very unique experience. And despite those challenges that COVID has brought us, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it greatly. And it's been fun, and I look forward to it just continuing to get better. Always trying to take that attitude. It can only go up from here, and, and it has slowly, slowly uh, gone up from here. And I look forward to many, many more good days. How long were you in Louisiana before relocating to Arkansas? It was only about two weeks. Originally, the plan was I was going to come up and either stay in a hotel or find someone to stay on the couch or short rental or something like that until we could actually move. But when it came up to the time and, you know, it was like I didn't see the point of going to stay in a hotel room to work from a computer. So I just stayed there and we finished packing the house and were able to close early, actually, amazingly during the pandemic, close early on our both houses and get up here pretty quickly. And me and the family have enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, that's great. So you're not from Arkansas, but you vacationed here growing up a little bit. Could you tell me about maybe some of the more unique places you have visited in the state? Like like we said, originally from Louisiana, had family here in Hot Springs, so visited there many, many times uh, on Lake Hamilton. 
So lots of good memories there. As far as going back childhood and unique and actually got to relive a little bit of that. I, I've told this story a couple times, but a tiny town. And I don't know if many of y'all or either of y'all have been there, but it is definitely a unique experience. Uh, every item the gentleman that made tiny town from was all from unique items. It was not a take home kit. He, you know, scavenged all kind of material to build it and it, is just one of those ingrained things in my memory as a child and i was so pleased to see that it was still open <laughs> and able to go to and um, uh, probably still making quite an impression on many many kids today that's crazy that it's still around i remember going there when i was a kid and just being amazed it felt so big when i was small but now <laughs> obviously it's tiny <laughs> tinier as we were older very much so not a large place but one of those that i do remember many times you know can we go back to that one every year? Can we go back? And, you know, we, we it's not one that we went back to many times. And as an adult, you can kind of see why. Yeah. You, <laughs> you might feel like you've been there, done that. But to a kid, it's kind of a, a whole different world when you go in there. Now, more as an adult, different as I've been here too, and I'm able to explore the states. Coming from Louisiana, I mean, the geography is so different, obviously. So unique just in the sense of the mountains, the waterfalls true mountain biking we had one of the, the only and best mountain biking places in louisiana back where i was from in ruston but it compares nothing to <laughs> the thousands of miles of mountain biking i've seen all over arkansas and that's quite exciting and drawing quite a few people here yeah, mountain biking has grown a lot in the past few years, and we definitely have some very unique places for people to go mountain biking. Are you a biker, a mountain biker yourself? <laughs> to be honest, I'm not. I would love to be. Yeah. Uh, I just do not have the equipment yet to do it. I'm looking forward to, uh, with more time here, hopefully being able to have some opportunities to try some of that. We'll probably start on the beginner <laughs> beginner <Yeah. laughs> routes and progress my way up. And as my kids get old enough to really venture out and do that too, it'll be a little easier to do. I talked about those mountains and one of the things I've just really enjoyed and my whole family has taken on all the way down to my two-year-old. She still all winter was like, when are we going to go hiking? When are we going to go hiking? I'm ready to go hiking. We have really got around to many parts of the state and here even close with pinnacle mountain not being more than 10 minutes from our house have done a whole lot of hiking and we've done some in other parts of the country as well but it it's just such a blessing to have it literally here in our backyard and of all different types and i mean the views you get the wildlife you get to see the, the treasures of waterfalls that you come across whether they're well documented or not are amazing Pinnacle Mountain State Park is a great example of the nature and beauty that's in our own backyard. And Travis, I know that you've got a whole family that you like to take on a lot of these trips, which is great because they get to see a lot of the natural state too. Do they have any favorites? Any state park favorites? They don't have favorites. We love all our yeah. state parks equally. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do love our state parks equally. We really do. Thank you, Melissa, for putting me on the spot with that one, <laughs> asking me to uh, give a favorite. I tried and, to push it off on the family. I really did. <laughs> and that's okay, but I, I will say, I mean, and if you ask my wife, she would agree. I'm not much of a favorite. I don't have a favorite food, don't have a favorite TV show, show favorite music, all that. I, I just like most of the time, I just like all of it, but except for her, she is my favorite. But when it comes to state parks, I haven't been to all of them. Working my way up about twenty-five-ish of the of the fifty-two. Trying hopefully the next year I can knock the other ones out. We've been to quite a few, but we won't say favorite. 
But one part that has stuck out and goes back to my childhood, but also I've already been able to share it with with my family and my kids a couple times. And that's not necessarily just the state park, and it is quite a popular one, and that's Petty Jean, but specifically Bear Cave of State, Petty Jean State Park. I, I've always, as I describe it, it's kind of nature's jungle gym. And as, and as a kid that loved to just run around and climb and scrabble around and fall and whatever else, that to me that was so much fun to find all the nooks and crannies you can get into there and my kids have thoroughly enjoyed it my wife however does not love it it it, it, it scares her a good bit but we've been able to go up there at least three times uh, since we moved and we've been up there once or twice before we moved as well and been able to take some neighbors and from friends back home as well so that's one that sticks out quite a bit but been to have been to nebo a couple times with the family done pinnacle like we said but also done i've been to queen wilhelmina been to lake chico devil's den done some good hikes and all those places as well as well as some other hikes that just aren't necessarily in state parks because there's some awesome other just natural areas or just you know get out and hike things one one of, one of the favorites stands out my son and i just took off one day and went to fork mountain not I me mean, it's maybe 45 minutes outside of little rock and it was quite a fun scrabble for us and he got a little reward of getting to swim in the little uh waterfall that's next to it so nice. it was a fun day for us and we made some great memories that day and honestly that's what a lot of this is about is being able to make those memories that when you grow up you'll still always be able to look back on that sounds great have you and your family been able to stay at a state lodge yet overnight or anything like that I have stayed at Mount Magazine, but my family has not yet. Now, we've stayed at some cabins. At, I've stayed at cabins at Devil's Den and also at Nebo a couple times. And whether and that's once recently and a couple times. We actually came here for my wife and I for our second anniversary stayed at Mount Nebo. So that was pretty cool. And it was the winter and it was still got some good views of the you know sunrise and sunset points but also like a really cool foggy hike and we have some really cool pictures from that that's awesome well i think we have some really cool authentic urban experiences yeah and during covid hasn't necessarily been on display but i've gotten to see really refreshing glimpses of those that i think will re-emerge just as strong as they were before yeah and with that natural beauty and geographic diversity one of the highlights and that stands out is the mountain biking that continues to develop more and more and more and but it's not just mountain biking i mean you have the road bike and gravel with that kind of endurance type uh deal with biking and we're getting some national attention with it with the uci cyclocross national not national is international championships that are going to be hosted in fayetteville and i don't know if y'all have looked at what cyclocross is do y'all know what that is it sounds familiar but no <laughs> it's it's like full body bicycle i mean you don't just ride the bike you ride it in mud you ride it through creeks you ride it up hills down hills you ride it through gravel, you go upstairs, so you get off your bike and throw it over your shoulder and have to oh. run up and do obstacles and everything. And it is truly like a spectator kind of event as well, whereas a lot of things 
they're all traipsed out in the woods or they're riding for hundreds of miles. This is a smaller course typically, but with many laps. And it, it the course, at least I know in Fayetteville, is built with spectators in mind, giving great vantage points of people having to go through the different obstacles and do the endurance, whether that, and I think they try to incorporate the mud and the gravel and all that, which it looks quite exhilarating. <laughs> that, that event will bring in visitors from all over the world. Actually. Is that like the first time an event like that is being held in Arkansas? The first time it's being held in Arkansas and the second time in America only. So. Where wow. could someone view this event? They can be there in person. It's a two-day event and there will be multiple parts of it and the multiple levels of it but it'll there will be uh tv viewing options as well i don't know those specifically yet with this being in 2022 but as we get closer our office as well as fable will put out mu- you know plenty of information on the details of how to how to be a part of it whether in person or from afar and they're trying to have a whole kind of festival and event atmosphere built around it that is Awesome. So when is this event happening? Well, actually, there's there, there's two different events. Let me get this right. There's actually two. And uh, this October, Fayetteville is hosting the UCI World Cup cyclocross event. And that's actually a qualifier event that goes into the world championship. And that is what the other, the kind of the bigger one, it all culminates with that. And that's in Jan- late January, January 29th and 30th. In Fayetteville, the UCI World Championship Cyclocross event, and I mean they're they're expecting 300 athletes for that from 25 different nations, and they're hoping for 15,000 visitors or spectators, excuse me, spectators with those athletes every day, as daily. And historically, they've they've had over 50 million in TV audience, global TV audience. So going out to 75 different countries, so. Huge exposure for Arkansas with this, and I—I I mean, I'm excited not just for the exposure, but I, I look forward to actually hopefully getting to be there and see this race. That I mean, would be really refreshing for a lot of people yes. <laughs> to be able to attend that event, especially when you get the mud splashed up on you. Yes, what's more real or exhilarating than that? Getting mud splashed all over you. It definitely sounds like a spectator sport i like to you know go for a bike ride but not like carry my bike up a mountain with me so. yeah, it's not something i think i want to do myself but i think i wouldn't mind watching yeah and they're and they're supposed to have you know great food and drink vendors there so like it is built truly like you go to a ballpark and you watch a game and you have good concessions and a beer and all that you'll have that kind of opportunity to to participate and they're going to include music and everything else it, it it's an event on itself unto itself that is such a cool event for people to look forward to coming up in 2022 if someone you know they go to a new city like i just want to do what all the locals do you know is there some sort of mindset you get into or something that you really look forward to in a trip well, while I, I, I think that is a goal for many travelers, and I myself have been a part of that, is, you know, I don't want to eat at the, you know, the chain thing. I want to eat at where the locals eat. I want to experience it, you know, the most real, authentic, and not this fabricated thing. Even though sometimes those experiences are just what you needed to. But 
when you get to the what is what makes a traveling experience unique, at least to me, it's not necessarily just what the locals do. I think that just makes it authentic, which I think is great. But when you're getting to that unique, I think it can mean many things. But the first thing is, to me at least, can I do this back home? Because if I can't do it back home, that's unique to me. Now, maybe you can do it other places too, but in this point here and now, I may never experienced it. So the fact I can hike this mountain and get to the top or get to the highest point in Arkansas, can't, I mean, that, that definitely is absolutely unique. You cannot be in a higher place than when you're at Signal Point at Mount Magazine. But I think it can also be, it can be just those kind of quirky different things you had, like that tiny town example. You're not going to, that, that does not exist somewhere else. That is unique. Uh, while built more for a younger audience, I think some craftsmen might, you know, can appreciate some of the ingenuity that is displayed there. But it, for me, I've had great, unique experiences around, you know, culinary sometimes. You know, being from Louisiana, maybe some of mine are more normal than a lot of y'all where you might not have had crawfish or alligator or boudin or some of those but ever a lot of places have their things that they're kind of known for and i i'm getting to slowly you know learn what is special and unique to these places and getting to enjoy the local flavors that they have there and that that for someone who likes to eat that's been fun and, and enjoyable as well so unique experience to me something that I can't do back home and then to go to the next layer or something you might not be able to do anywhere else. Well, you know, Arkansas is the home of cheese dip. Like we, we made cheese dip. So, <laughs> okay. Remind <laughs> me FYI. of the story of the cheese dip. So apparently the story is that cheese dip as it's known in Arkansas is a little different from queso. And it originated, I believe, at Mexico Chiquito, which was a chain here. That's what I thought. Yeah. And now there is one of those, Left. one Mexico Chiquito left and it is in West Little Rock on Markham and there is where you can get the original cheese dip. Now there's someone in our office whose favorite cheese dip is Stobie's am I correct? Yep Shelby who used to work at Stobie's so she might be a little bit biased. She but... might be but I've heard her mention it. Well guess <laughs> what I had for lunch today? Stobie's. Cheese dip from Stobie's. Alright what did you think? I thought it was great. Well, there you go. I, it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I I had been I had been to Stobie's mm -hmm. on that anniversary trip to Mount Nebo. Mm -hmm. Didn't realize that's where I was back then, but yeah. I had been there before, and I was able to go there on the way back from Fort Smith today. And I'd heard Shelby and some others talk about, it, so I was like I got to go back and try this again, and made sure I got the cheese dip. I really enjoyed it. Got a roast beef pita as well, which Ooh, I thought yum. was kind of different, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. So I had a little bit of a unique experience today, maybe, with yeah. Arkansas cheese dip. Arkansas really has a lot of... Uh, in a train car. In a train car. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Arkansas really does have a lot of unique culinary experiences, as well as unique vacation ideas. Little Rock actually hosts the World Cheese Dip Championship every year in October, which is a lot of people with a lot of cheese dip. And that's something very unique to Little Rock. We also have a cheese dip trail in Arkansas. So it sounds like you've traveled a lot already in Arkansas as a kid growing up and even as an adult out of state. And of course, you know, as the tourism director, where are you looking forward to traveling next within the state? Uh, yes, I do hope to 
keep up my travels, uh, obviously, with the job. That'll take me all over the place in the state. But some of my priorities and some of these are, you know, personal things I want to get done. I, I'm trying to work my way through all 52 state parks. I think I've already said I'm about I'm a little over halfway there or right about halfway. So in one year and in the year we're talking about of 2020, I thought that was actually pretty good. And I hope I, to knock out the other half this next year. That I'd be very pleased to do that. Now, some specific areas I need to get to and, and, and I want to spend a little more time is Texarkana, El Dorado, and West Memphis. And, and you can kind of see a theme. Those are kind of all on the edge of the state, a little bit further away from here in Little Rock. So it takes a little more time and uh, dedicated hours and days to spend time there. But want to get there to be able to see our welcome centers with them all back open after having to take a little time off last year. Visited one today actually over in Fort Smith and they're, they were saying they're getting back up to the pre-COVID levels of visitation, especially with you know increases in vaccinations and with spring break travel happening in other places. There's people streaming into the state and we're thankful that we have our welcome centers there to greet them and really show them show them what all the unique experiences are wherever they're going or wherever they're going on the way there so those those are some of the things that i'd like to spend a little more time in those places that i'm just not as familiar with so yeah i I plan to hit many other places i'm sure travis thank you so much for being here with us today and for your insight on these unique places that people can visit well melissa and colton it's my pleasure and kind of i would all say kind of an honor to be on this first podcast i hope it's first of many many more it's a great opportunity to as i keep saying tell the stories that exist in this state thank you so much again for being with us today travis remember listeners you can check out this month's edition of discover arkansas at arkansas.com slash discover dash arkansas be sure to tune in next month when we cover the sounds of arkansas it'll be our music episode The Discover Arkansas podcast is brought to you by Arkansas Tourism, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism. The division manages 14 Arkansas Welcome Centers and employs more than 60 staff members across the natural state. For more information, visit Arkansas.com. Our theme music is by Little Rock-based artists Daz and Bree. It is home.